0: All right, he snuck away from us last week, but uh, he is here. Dennis Stewart, not really excited to jump out of that long weekend early, mate. We're going to make it do a uh, health naturally. Good afternoon, sir.
1: Good afternoon, Mark. I genuinely missed you last week.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> you, you chose not to be here. You chose not to be here, right? <laughs> but uh, I have been listening intently over here over the last oh, yeah. few weeks, making notes. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've been having a look at a lot of those springtime mm-hmm. summery herbs yeah. and plants. Yep, yep. Um, Yeah, we looked at the chickweed, rip ward And there's one today that you'll be looking at And that'll come to to us from some correspondence From the Jolly UK
1: Look, I'm going to be looking at one of my most uh, used And highly regarded herbs Which at this moment, even in my uh, property In the Hunter Valley Is now coming out of its uh, wintertime slumber And is in full... um, how can I call it, full-leafed stage, looking beautiful. And uh, I'm talking about that remarkable herb called Vitex agnus castus, probably one of my most favoured and frequently prescribed herb. And interestingly, those sentiments are shared by a delightful lady in the United Kingdom. I'm talking about Natasha. Good morning, Natasha. I know you listen to the podcast. Natasha shared her enthusiasm. Some uh, weeks or months ago, also for Vitex, and actually emailed me, for which I was very, very pleased indeed. And uh, what has happened now is Natasha has forwarded to me what I would consider to be one of the best papers written on the herb, Vitex agnus castus, which goes into a lot of detail about this remarkable herb which presently is coming out of its slumber here in Australia in springtime. We're going to talk about. Vitex Agnes Castus, a remarkable herb. Let me say that again, a remarkable herb. And Natasha, thank you so much for a copy of your dissertation. I have read it with enthusiasm and I do trust you will get this published so that other practitioners may uh, benefit from the work that you have put in to studying and uh, documenting your understanding of Vitex Agnes Castus.
0: Dennis, before we start today, have got anything exciting planned for the weekend?
1: Look, it's a very exciting weekend for, for us, more so uh, today in as much that my great-grandson, who has just turned one year of age, is going to come up from the central coast with my, uh, with my grandson to visit us. So that's a big, uh, a big uh, level of excitement for myself and my wife. I'll be racing back to the Hunter Valley from, the, from this program to welcome my dear little uh, great-grandson. Uh, so that's a big thing for us this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. More so than all the football and all these other <laughs> deviations from the real world. <laughs> all right, we'll
0: be here all day if we go down that road, Dennis. But yeah. um, look, this, uh, this special herb that's coming out at the mm-hmm. moment, like you said, even on your property, yep, it's starting yep, to yeah, yep. make an appearance. Yep, uh, wow us with it.
1: Now, look, I'll talk a little bit about Vitex Agnes Castus because um, I consider it from my many years of using it and prescribing it and reading about it and lecturing on it, probably the most important medicinal herb, particularly for multiple female conditions. Now, that's a big call, and I use a lot of herbs in practice, but Vitex agnus castus, also known as chaste tree, the berries of that mature plant, they form the basis of an exciting medication that uh, addresses many particularly chronic conditions that many women experience. Now, let me just say presently here in Australia, as we're coming into the end of spring and moving towards summer, vitex, the, the leaf of it, leaves of it, beautiful as they are, um, will give way to the development of a, a flowering spike of blue flowers so that anyone that has the tree uh, can look forward mm-hmm. Uh, to this, when we say tree, it doesn't grow much taller than about two metres, if that. So it's not a huge tree. But it climaxes in its development by the production of what we call spikes of blue flowers, which give way to berries. And the berries are the part that are harvested and converted into a medication. I actually prefer Vitex agnus castus tincture, or extract that is the liquid preparation of it rather than solid forms and i encourage listeners out there to get hold of this precious plant it grows so easily here in australia and particularly in new south wales and in the, in the in the hunter region and you'll not be you'll not be disappointed if you have trouble getting it and i suggest what you do is go to your local plant nursery and and see if they can get it for you but if you can't get it what you can do is what we do. There is a, a nursery called Black Mountain uh, Nursery, which is between Armidale, believe it or not, Armidale and Gyra. And it has a lot of cold climate plants there. We, when Ruth and myself go up to the New England region fairly regularly to, to gather herbs and, and, and look at them, we go to that beautiful nursery and we bring back inevitably plants and Vitex agnus castus. Is, is available from that nursery uh, if one can't get it from anywhere else. It grows very easily. I'm p- promoting its use because once you have it in your garden, you will wait each uh, springtime for it to come out of its slumber and develop these beautiful green uh, leaves that it has and watch them develop into this beautiful spike of blue flowers.
0: Now, you, you mentioned mm. the, the berry and all of that. Yep, I have yep, to ask,
1: yep, yep. taste... Uh, okay, look. <laughs> okay, it, that's a start. I know what that means. The, the the herb is also known as monk's pepper, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But it has a an unusual peppery taste. It's not pleasant. But re, remember, most medicinal herbs are not pleasant mm-hmm. to take. And Vitex agnus castus has a complex chemistry, which is well known and discussed well in this paper that Natasha has sent me, uh, it's a complex chemistry. The overall chemistry of the herb is what is responsible for the way in which the herb particularly addresses what I will loosely refer to as the hormone balance within the woman. We refer to it in our profession loosely as a hormone balancer. So in professionally, any condition that would be interpreted along those lines, anything from, uh, for instance, uh, premenstrual tension uh, through to postnatal depression uh, through to uh, premenstrual distress at other levels like fluid retention, breast tenderness. Vitex agnus castus would be the leader of the herbs seriously prescribed by competent, professionally trained Western herbalists. Now, there are a lot of products floating around purporting to be um, chase tree or... Vitex agnus castus, I'm not knocking them, but what I'm saying is I believe that the best preparation comes from simple preparations, in my opinion, uh, liquid-based, wherever possible, in order to ensure that one actually gets out of the herb everything, including the unusual flavour, taste and smell. If the smell's... (laughs) I notice you grin. If the smell's not in the preparation... uh, I would then question it. That's not to say they're not useful, but I would question it. But again, and I say this quite seriously, there is nothing that I have prescribed that can compete with this remedy. Now, when I started herbal medicine practice in this country over 45 years ago, and when I started teaching in Glebe about that time with Dorothy Hall teaching at Balmain I was teaching at Glebe a different system of herbalism to Dorothy. Vitex Agnes castus was not well known. In fact, it wasn't a herb that was popularly used in, in Australia. I had the privilege and the honour in many ways of introducing its use here into Australia as a result of doing two things. I read the, uh, a very brief and easily read book by the English herbalist Captain Geoffrey Whitehouse. Um, interesting name, but uh, he it was ex-Army, obviously, but wrote a simple book, which, if it can still be procured, is worthwhile getting hold of by both laypeople and professionals called Every Woman's Guide to Natural Health. And in that book, he spoke about Vitex agnus castus as being a herb with progestogenic properties and being used particularly for things like premenstrual tension for which, in my opinion, there's no other remedy in herbal medicine that can compete with it through to its use in uh, stimulating, if you like, progesterone type activity within the body. And then listeners would have heard me talk on this program before about the remarkable works of the German doctor, the late Dr. Rudolf Weiss, who was also a brilliant exponent of herbal medicine. And in his English translation, Simply called herbal medicine, he produced and presented an excellent, very medical summary of how Vitex agnus castus could be used to address some of the conditions that I've mentioned.
0: Just the only thing to keep in mind: it will not taste like a bunch of Tic Tacs.
1: That's correct. But the good thing about the good thing about thanks, Mark. The good thing about Vitex is it's a herb that is prescribed in low dose. So one can oh, get over the taste factor and it is frequently prescribed in conjunction with other herbs particularly in fertility problems which I hope I might be able to talk about momentarily.
0: Today's herb vitex agnus
1: cactus. castus 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 Chaste tree
0: It did Oh, chaste tree I'll use it by that name So I won't mess it up next time um, Dennis Lockley You've, you've you know, mentioned all of the virtues And how wonderful yes, it is yes, I know yes. we'll get back to that yes. But it had a bit of a rocky start didn't it, it did
1: It had a rocky start Because having uh, become fascinated With the potential of the, of the herb uh, And seeing its, uh, its, its role Particularly in addressing Fairly common conditions That many women experience I uh, began to use it and we imported the crude herb. When we say the crude herb, we mean the unprocessed dried berries uh, from Eastern Europe. And uh, we had them um, containerized. And uh, as far as I'm aware, aware, the first uh, medical application, certainly in naturopathic medicine of Vitex agnus castus, took place in Sydney in the late 70s or early 80s when we used, imported, containerized uh, Vitex agnus casus berries in Leichhardt Women's Health Center. And it was used or um, distributed or prescribed by some of my undergraduates and a few graduates very successfully to the extent that the demand for the herb accelerated, not only in that practice, but in other clinics, Uh, particularly clinics dealing with women's problems in in Sydney at that time. Ah, but then we found out that the government had not put this herb on what was called the approved list. Now, that meant that uh, if it wasn't on the approved list, you technically speaking should not be importing it. Not that they were concerned about its toxicity, but there was no toxicity, but it just wasn't on their list. So suddenly we couldn't get it. Ah, but we found out that you could get young trees of Vitex agnus castus. So what did we do? We went to my property in the Hunter Valley. Became horticulturally (laughs) involved. That's that's what you did. went went to my property in the Hunter Valley with a team of of students and we planted out numerous Vitex agnus castus trees, which did very well even in the heat of high summer. Uh, But then after putting so much work into getting Vitex agnus castus growing and looking forward to a uh, to an Indigenous supply of the of the herb, the government reversed its attitude and we could again import <laughs> it. Oh, no. And, of course, we could import it much cheaper than what we could grow it for. So that was an interesting aspect of its use. But also what we did uh, in order to try to get hold of some berries rapidly, we also found out that on the north shore of Sydney, which was not... Well, I had a practice at Warunga at that stage in Redleaf Avenue and uh, we found out that it was a tree, well, I say a tree, a plant probably about two metres tall that was popularly grown on older properties, uh, established properties on the North Shore. And we found out where some of these trees were and we graciously uh, went into some of these premises, uh, told them what we wanted, and they very happily allowed us, when the tree developed berries, to come and get hold of the berries if we wanted them. So we found that there was an indigenous source to some degree. Vitex still grows very popularly in older gardens on the North Shore. It was a popular plant uh, grown and propagated on the North Shore around about the time of the Second World War. But there again, once it became available, uh, we didn't need to do that and what we did then was import it And, of course, it developed into various commercial products, tablets, capsules. I still prefer to use what's called the liquid preparation, the tincture or the fluid extract of the preparation, because that allows it, Mark, to be prescribed in varying dosages. I believe it can be prescribed more cheaply, and it allows it to be combined with uh, other herbs in treating the condition for which it is absolutely and utterly specific. Now, that's a big call. That is a big call. Uh, And in a moment, I will talk about its most famous use, which could be validated and verified by many, many women in this town who have been on medication from myself, prescribed for this condition, when nothing else would help. This has helped them in remarkable ways. I'll talk about it in a moment.
0: G'day, Catherine, at Lake Munmora. You've got a question on recurring mouth
1: ulcers. What's happening, Catherine?
2: Oh, hi. Hi. How are you going? I'm
1: very well, Catherine. How can we help you?
2: Uh, so it's coming up to nearly two years now yes. since I've had recurring mouth ulcers, yes. um, which I've, um, so I've investigated um, through my doctor um, blood test to see if I was... Um, lacking any sort of um, vitamins or minerals or whatever yes. that, that that came back negative. Yes. Um, for that reason, um, I investigated eliminating foods that I thought yes. might have been causing mm-hmm. it. That you know, obviously through Google, find out what the main um, culprits were. Um, and that didn't make any difference either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do have stints of um, ulcer free, which I am at the moment, yes. but. And it gets my hopes up, but then they always kept coming back. And okay. I think at Christmas time it really, really—that um, well, that was like the big outbreak. And I—I yes. I couldn't count them all, but there was at least seventeen in oh, my dear, mouth, dear. and prob- probably dear, more. And you dear, can imagine dear. on Christmas Day, I couldn't eat dear, anything. Dear, dear,
1: dear. Well, look, a couple of things that uh, might be of help to you uh, from uh, the point of view of using. Uh, herbal medicine, the first thing I'll talk about is the management of the emerging ulcer or the ulcer that is present and refusing to heal or slowly healing and then giving way to other ulcers. The preparation that is referred to as specific in references such as the British herbal pharmacopeia for this condition um, is what's called tincture of myrrh, M-Y-R-R-H, tincture of myrrh. Which is, mm-hmm. not, which is not a difficult herb to get hold of. It comes in a liquid preparation. Uh, there is good documentation on it. Um, there should be something in one of the pharmacopoeias other than the British herbal pharmacopoeia for its use. Uh, and uh, the, the herb is usually taken in, in a couple of mils of the tincture, usually with uh, a dilutant such as, as warm water. I also prescribe it with a little bit of glycerin which promotes uh-huh. its adhesiveness and it is used as a, as a so-called mouthwash uh using it a couple of times a day uh swishing it so to speak around in the mouth has proven to be a very very successful way of at least encouraging the uh, the getting rid of the, the the ulcers and slowing down to some degree other ulcers that are on their way to emerge so Principle number one, as far as something that is able to help uh, get Mm -hmm. rid of the ulcer when when it occurs, and some of my patients over the years have actually used tincture of myrrh prophylactically because the condition has been so stubborn that they have felt confident about using it ongoingly simply because it's the only thing that showed any ability to, to get rid of the ulcer. However. Interestingly, as it uh, sounds, I use regularly in my practice a group of remedies that are not that well known and, s- and are not what are called retail products. These are mineral products that are, pr- uh, how can I call it, supplied uh, to registered naturopathic herbal medicine practitioners uh, by Blackmores. Uh, Blackmores historically have been associated with a group of uh, mineral remedies known as celloids. C-E-L-L-O-I-D-S. Now, Mm -hmm. naturopathic practitioners have access to those preparations and they are essentially minerals, uh, very common minerals, but minerals which are present in the bloodstream. Years ago, they would have been called tissue salts, but the blackmore celloids are, if you like, a a, a material rendition of those low-dose preparations that were developed many, many uh, years ago uh, as as mineral-based remedies. And the celloids that I prescribe are directly from the Blackmore's prescribing manual. So if there are practitioners here listening, uh, mm-hmm. you, they they can get hold of the manual. I still use the old manual on the so-called celloids written by Morris Blackmore, who was the historic founder of, of Blackmore's. And the remedies okay. that I, that I use called PC73. Now, I know that sounds very esoteric, almost secretive. It's not. It's the product name and code. PC stands for potassium chloride. Now, potassium chloride in what you might call a very, 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 very low dose, almost a homeopathic dose, and I prescribe it with a preparation called SP96, which is sodium phosphate. Uh, in the same celloid range. They come as little tablets and I know it sounds an unusual way of pro- providing a benefit but let me just say the practitioners of old who used the celloids, the mineral therapy developed by Blackmores, Morris Blackmores, some of them went on to be some of the most successful uh, naturopathic prescribers in Australia's history. That is not well known. It should be well known because Many naturopaths are not using these preparations and they are missing out on the benefits of these. So that's the way that I would go and suggest that you get hold of these from a practitioner. If you can't get them, you can always get them from my rooms at New Lambton. But that's the approach, topical management with tincture of right. nerve and an oral ongoing treatment based on CF43 and SP96.
0: Best of luck with everything, Catherine, there, (laughs) as we move on. Good day, Michael from Carrington. Michael, uh, your wife has a a skin condition you'd like to talk about with Dennis today there.
3: Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Um, About five weeks ago, she had a bit of a bladder problem and the doctor put her... She's never been to the doctors for 30 years and she just had this bladder problem. And they put her on a drug, well then... That's what we put it down to mm. from then, from then on she's got no skin on her fingers oh, her toes the soles of her feet she went back to the doctor and the doctor did blood tests and he said well, she said, well there's nothing wrong with you I said you've got a skin problem and you know, she's putting cream on her and a it's no better. Her skin on her fingers is red raw. She's very sore. She's got flu-like symptoms. I sort of, I googled it and I sort of got an idea what I think it might be, but the doctor doesn't seem to want to give her anything for it. And she's had it for five weeks. She's yeah, walking dear. around like a penguin, and it is very, very painful, both her fingers and her hands. Yeah.
1: Uh,
3: mm-hmm. It's coming up her legs.
1: Has, has your doctor suggested you see a dermatologist, Michael?
3: Well, I said that to him. The doctor didn't say I said, "Well, go back. She can't get another appointment for a week." I said, okay. "Go and." But uh, it's to have it for for so long and okay. not getting any better, there's something seriously wrong.
1: It's it. I would definitely say there's something seriously wrong, particularly seeing your wife has never had this before and it it came on pretty well spontaneously, so you say, after the prescribing of the antibiotic. I don't don't think um, you're going too far uh, in saying that it is, in her case, a, a reaction to the antibiotic. It may be what's called an idiopathic reaction that is unique to your wife and not a common reaction, but antibiotics can have significant side effects. I know that very well as a result of my wife in recent times being prescribed. Fairly common antibiotic and still struggling with the uh, the consequences of that on the gut. In your case, your wife has a, a reaction on the skin. Let me just ask you, however, uh, has your wife uh, ha- received any or experienced any gut conditions with the problem? No.
3: Also, she, she's had these flu-like symptoms. Okay. Um, she. Her immune system's very weak. Okay.
1: And well, then what I would say, Michael, very
3: cold all the time. She's
1: okay. It it looks to be something here also that could be related uh, to a viral infection, and it may be therefore that it is not the antibiotic that has triggered it, although it looks to be that way. But respect the skill of your GP. But what I would be suggesting is, if there is a, a suspicion. That, that it is an immune depression, that her immune system is not doing well, then I would suggest what I normally recommend for these uh, immune system conditions, that you access the preparation known as Astragalus 8, which I, yep. have, which I have no hesitation whatsoever, Michael, in, so, in saying has a very quiet, and in my experience, a very safe ability to lift the patient's level of immune response, and if it is virally based, to see the virus progressively go into retreat. Mention that approach, the use of astragalus 8, to your doctor. He may, he may suggest uh, a, a brief exposure uh, to what are called oral steroids, uh, say so, uh, uh, some prednisone, uh, but he's your doctor. He would know whether or not that would be appropriate if it is immune system. Try the Astragalus 8. Topically, uh, your wife would be using a steroid cream, would she, on, on the thing, Topically? No, no,
3: no I, I was just going to say, what, what is a, a cream?
1: Okay. Well, look, this might sound rather simplistic, but I have battled with various skin conditions all my life. That is, in fact, what has got me into this profession. In this case, just go to your pharmacist and ask, ask for a simple... Zinc-based cream, a simple zinc cream. Now, zinc is a protective, potentially healing substance, which may lessen, which may lessen a lot of the uh, the symptoms. If it's, it's safe, it's harmless, it's inexpensive. You get it from your pharmacist. It's a white cream, very cheap. Try it on a couple of the lesions to see if it mollifies or lessens the intensity of them. Also. Uh, Don't overlook in this situation the usefulness of some of the old bath preparations, like, for instance, a bran or an oatmeal bath. That is particularly useful for palliating uh, some of the symptoms. Do that as a start. Discuss it with your GP. He's doing his best. Mention uh, stimulation of the immune system with some astragalus 8, Uh, the use of a topical preparation, say a zinc cream, And if you have a bath, uh, bath preparations, old-fashioned, admittedly, say, with some bran um, or or oatmeal.
0: Okay, we're just going to wrap things up with Dennis Stewart for Health Naturally today. Dennis, you you kind of finished back where we started.
1: Yeah, look, I just want to finalise my discussion on this remarkable remedy, and thank you again um, for this lovely lady, Natasha, that sent us her dissertation on it, supporting everything I've said. But... In my opinion, the role of Vitex shines in the management of what we refer to as functional infertility. It is the basis of my fertility treatments for the many, many women over the many years in which I have treated for infertility, that is inability to conceive and who have exhausted mainstream approaches, IVF, etc. My formulation, my fertility mix which I have lectured on and taught all around Australia and in New Zealand and in Singapore, is based fundamentally on the use of a liquid preparation of Vitex agnus Castus. And if practitioners, in my opinion, are not using that and are trying to help women with infertility, if they're not using it, they are missing out on one of the greatest contributions to the natural medication, the natural medicine treatment, of functional infertility.
0: All right, Dennis, just with that, uh, you have yourself a fantastic long weekend. Meeting the little fella today. Absolutely. (laughs) Looking
1: forward to meeting Leonardo Leslie Stewart. All right,
0: and uh, you get him trained up to look at herbal medicine. Already
1: started. Already started. There we go. It's
0: a big start today. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the
3: University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.